Hey friends, welcome back to episode three of Stansable, a podcast about stories and poems and music and meaning and all that fun stuff. Uh, thanks for joining us yet again. Uh, I'm your co-host, Thor McCarthy. And I'm your other co-host, Dylan Kirsten. This week is our first week with an outside guest, so today we will be joined by our friend Bridget. Bridget is an artist of many kinds. She both uh, cooks really good food and uh, does some embroidery, does some painting on the side. And currently she is a college student at Concordia University, Irvine in California, studying anthropology. She's got a great story for us today. So hold on to your pockets. It's about to be story time. This is the story of my solo star venture. All right, so two and a half years ago, I worked um, at this camp in Ontario, Canada, um, and it was near the end of the summer, so like the beginning of August-ish, and we were working on this beautiful bay that had like a ton of opportunities for like water sports and the like, Um, and so it was nearing the end of the summer, and I really wanted to make it like take every opportunity to do something fun and spontaneous and exciting. And there was one particular night where I was trying to plan a time to go um, paddleboarding at night and nobody was interested in my idea. And I was getting really frustrated. I was like outside of people of my coworkers cabins, like yelling through their window, like, Hey, come like, this would be so fun. Like you don't understand how fun this is going to be to go paddleboarding at night, the stars are beautiful, and no one was interested. And, and paddleboarding um, is that—that's the one where you like stand up on the like a surfboard kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So like a big surfboard esque thingy, and then you have these like paddles. And and thanks for I, that clarification, can... Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> you know, You're I'm welcome. Just a little confused here. And so we didn't—I didn't have a paddleboard, but one of the campers, campers, one of the members. Um, like left a couple of paddle boards on the beach uh, for for borrowing purposes and such. So we just had to like scoot them off the beach and then you're just in the water. Um, So very low effort, high reward. I did not understand why nobody wanted to join me. Um, So I was getting kind of annoyed and then I was like, hey, I'm a grown person. I can do fun things by myself. Um, So I decided to go on a solo adventure. Uh, And it was about... 2 a.m. probably at this point. Oh, and so the sun was so down. The sun was down. <laughs> it was dark. Um, and so... What kind of moon I, was there that night? Well, that's a, that's the later part of okay. the story. At this at this point in time, gonna, I had no knowledge suspense, of a moon yeah. whatsoever. At this point, I wasn't even thinking about the moon. Okay. Um, but it was pretty dark outside. Pretty dark. And it was a little windy, you know, whistling through the trees. It was great. Um, so I got all prepped. It was pretty chilly. That's, that's important. So I, I had a sweatshirt over top of my swimsuit and I thought about like, I briefly thought about the safety of what I was doing. And I was like, well, I, you know, I should probably text my sister and let her know that I'm going to be doing this. Cause she's like technically my boss at this point. So I was like, I'll just shoot her a quick text. Say like, Hey, I'm going out paddleboarding by myself. If I don't text you in the next, like, two hours, then, then maybe you should come find me. Um, and she was like, okay, cool. for my body. 
Exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, I wasn't really concerned with that at this point. I'm a, I'm a good swimmer. So um, I left my phone in my, my cabin because I didn't want to risk dropping it in the water. And also, like, who cares about a, um, what do you call it? a life jacket? Because a paddleboard is basically like a life jacket that you hold on to, mm. you know? So I didn't wear a life jacket. I was just, you know, swimsuit, sweatshirt, good to go. Um, so I get down to the teeny tiny little beach that we have on the bay, um, grab a, a paddleboard and like my heart's racing. I'm like super excited. I think it's just, this is just going to be so relaxing and peaceful and beautiful. Um, and so I get out there and it's like, it's cold. My legs are freezing and like I'm paddling out and I'm paddling out and it's just the, the water around me is just black and it's kind of, the waves are like chopped, but not waves. It's a very peaceful bay, but like the water was choppier than it typically is. Nice. Um, so I was like rocking a little bit in the water and the wind was blowing and I was like getting, my heart was racing cause it's just it's so different from anything I've ever done before. Um, and I was by myself. So I was paddling out and then I turn around and it's like 2 AM. So there's no lights are on except for the gas dock. Um, and so there's like a little dock right next to the beach that has, um, gas for boats and there's just like a little orange light on it that shows it's supposed to show like the amount of money that it costs but I don't know it was just was like a little orange light and I was like okay if I get lost then I know that I can just go back towards that orange light Mm -hmm. um and so I'm paddling out and I'm paddling out and then I turn around to look at the orange light again and the moon is there and it's like it's like a pretty it was like a crescent moon it wasn't like a sliver but it was like Enough to be, like, dramatic, not, like, um, it was a dramatically crescent moon, but it was, like, prominent. And it was, like, bright red. It was, like, mm. it was, I don't know what those are called. Blood but moon? It was one of, it was a blood moon, was yeah. It was, it was, it was, was it waxing or waning? It was, um, it was waning. Nice. I think. Yeah, wax on, <laughs> <laughs> wax off. Yeah, that's how that's, I always remember it. That's how you remember it. Um. Yeah, so it was, I think, I don't know. I don't know anything about this. It was either getting bigger or smaller. Yeah. One of the one two, of two, I'm sure. Um, but it was huge. It it felt like it was too big to be in, in the sky because it was really close to the horizon, and that's why I didn't see it before because it was, like, mm. hidden by the by the trees as I was, like, near the near the, the, the beach. So it was, it was huge, and that's when, like, I started getting extra excited because it was just, like, wow, this is a beautiful part of nature that I'm so happy to see. And then I kept going out and I kept going out. Uh, and then I look up and the stars were so clear. You could see the Milky Way. And so I laid down on my paddleboard um, and I, I had my arms and my legs were in the water. I just, I, my sweatshirt was getting wet, but it, it was fine. Um, so I laid down and I was just floating and the, the waves were rocking me and it, 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 somehow rocked me so that I was perfectly parallel with the arm of the Milky Way that I could see. Mm. And my leg, I was just floating and all I could see were the stars because in my, in my periphery, there was, there were no trees or anything. It was Mm. just stars above. And then when I looked down, it was just the black water with like the reflections of the stars below me and the choppy water. And I could hear the wind like blowing through the trees. Um, and it was just, it was stunning. And so I saw a few shooting stars and I was just like, man, this is just, it was so incredibly peaceful while also being like 
startling at the same time because of the wind and like the fact that I was alone and everything those were like sort of making my adrenaline pump but at the same time just like the stars were just so peaceful so it was this like weird combination of the two things and it was um so it was just such a such a uh, fascinating moment yeah I, um, I, and then so I see this picture of like you lying on your back on this paddleboard staring up at the stars uh, uh, you know in above you and then the stars like all below you below in the me. water like wiggling around and twinkling and it just you just seem like you're on like a rocket ship through, you know, in the yeah. middle of outer space, like all alone. Uh, yeah, and I was very familiar with this with this bay and with this area, and I had been there during the day all the time. We swam here always, but it felt like I was in a different like planet mm-hmm. at night because it was just such a, a different environment. It was weird to think I was in the same place that I had been. Um, for the past like six weeks and yet at this particular time of day it was an entirely different experience mm-hmm. um, and then so every once in a while I would like sit up for half a second figure out where the moon was where the gas dock was make sure I wasn't drifting too far away and then lay back down um, and then I I was sitting there and then I was like man it's getting kind of cold I should probably head back I like I, I don't know I should go it's probably getting kind of dangerous at this point and the wind's picking up, and then I was like, I'll just stay for one more shooting star. And so I'm laying there, laying there, it's probably like two minutes go by, but probably was more like 30 seconds, but it felt like like two minutes or three minutes, and then I saw the best shooting star I have ever seen in my whole life. It was bright red, and it shot like, it looked like it was probably like three inches long from my perspective, Um, (laughs) and I don't know... I know, like I don't know what the scale is because I would say one inch is one inch is equal inches. to about one light year, right? Of that travel. sounds perfect. Yeah, sure. so that is about three so, light years long. It was three light years long, and it's it hung in the sky, like it. You know how when you like look at a, a light bulb that's really bright, and then you close your eyes, and it, like you can see it there. Yeah, that, like an afterglow. It was like that, but not in my eyes. It was in the sky. Ooh. So, like, the shooting star went, and then, like, the trail just, like, hung in the sky. And then I, I my, my, consider my socks knocked off at this point. <laughs> that was the icing on the cake. And wow. I, man, this is wild. I hope I you felt, were able to fish them out of the water, your socks. I, those socks were, were not coming forever. back, bro. <laughs> they were gone. Fish food. Probably a musky them. That was my best guess. Hmm. Um, so I was like, at this point, the night cannot get any better. So I'm just going to have to pack it up and go and go back to my um, to my cabin. Yeah. So I'm like, man, this is, I feel fulfilled. I feel energized. This is great. So I start paddling back and I'm sitting down. I've been sitting down the whole point, the, the whole time. You're supposed to paddle standing up, but I was too nervous to do that and maybe fall in. So I was just sitting down. So I was sitting down and paddling back. And paddling back and at this point in time I was going opposite the wind and the wind had picked up at this point so I was paddling and I was looking directly to my right there's like um the the arm of like the bay or the arm of like the there's like a little peninsula sort of of land that had like jutted out and so I was watching it wait for our like, listeners what's a peninsula <laughs> There was some some dirt. <laughs> dirt dirt is <laughs> surrounded by water except where there's more dirt. Yeah, it was like okay, so if you looked down from a bird's eye view, 
the beach was on like sort of like a crescent shape. So it was like the moon. So it was like the moon, but not land. cheese. So, so there was like land to my right, but where I was trying to go was further in. Does that make sense? So I still had a ways to go. Yes. But if I looked to my right, then I could see how far I was yeah, going, right. like how far I had, I had gone. And so I would just be staring straight at the beach, paddling, paddling, paddling. And then I'd look to my right. And I was like, well, it does not look like I made any progress. But, you know, watch pot never boils. So I would stare at the beach and paddle, 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 paddle. And then I'd look and it was the exact same. And it felt like this went on for about 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, and this is when I started to, like, feel the rumblings of panic in my tummy. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, you know what they say, you know, if you're swimming and you panic, that's when you die. So I need to not panic Ooh. right now. Talk about taking paddle. off the pressure. I know. I was not doing a very good job of calming myself down. But I was. So I was paddling and paddling. And I decided that I just was not going to look to my right until, I don't know, just a long time. I was just going <laughs> to paddle a long, long time until I looked again to see how far I had gotten. And it felt like I was there for like 10 minutes before I looked again. And I started... I got I got a little bit further, and then I started. I remembered that you're supposed to like I don't know angle against the wind, yeah, or something like that. So I like changed changed the angle, and I was eventually starting to make progress that I could like actually see. And then as soon as I like started to get closer, the trees kind of like covered up the wind a bit, and I like zoomed back in. Mm. But when I when my feet were like touching the ground again, it was it was the the safest probably I've mm. I've felt in a, in a, probably my my life. Hmm. Um, so I, I pulled the, and I was freezing at this point. Um, cause once you get out of the water, that's when it gets really cold. So I pulled the, the paddleboard back up on the beach and I put everything away and I was barefoot and I just like ran back to my cabin. Cause I was so full of energy at this point. I ran back and, um, got all cozied up in my, in my warm clothes. And I just, I sat on my bed. It was probably like three thirty AM at this point. And I sat on my bed and I just journaled about about the experience because it was just so exciting and I, mm. I wanted to um, to remember it. And <laughs> I I hadn't received a text back from my sister and she had gone to bed. So if I if I had um, if something had happened to me, she she would not have known until she, she woke up the next morning guilt. at probably like seven or eight a.m. So uh, not her fault whatsoever. But um, I'm happy that I made it back because yeah. it would have been a, um, sort of dangerous otherwise. Wow. So yeah. that's my story. Man. Okay. So I thinking about that story, there's obviously a lot of really cool elements in there. Like, you know, being alone, uh, not getting your, your friends to come with you, and then and, and just having that solitude. Um, in the middle of the night, everyone else is asleep and you're up and you're experiencing the nature, the stars, the water. And then there's that, that aspect of almost getting stuck out there and like mm-hmm. trying to make it home and, uh, panic and, and the, there's like the danger and the beauty, mm-hmm. uh, and the feeling of making it back safe. What, obviously this memory has stuck with you for a while now. Um, when you, you know, reflect back on it, what do you think specifically um, has kind of caused it to be such like a, a meaningful experience for you? If you could drill down to like a couple of, of elements of it that were especially uh, meaningful. Yeah. Okay. So I think that probably the biggest one, um, I think it was a really, this is going to sound corny. I think it was a really important moment, like with me relating to myself. 
So I, I was seeking to, to have like a, a memorable experience, something that like I would carry with me because this is supposed to be like a, a really memorable summer in my life. I'm 16 years old. I'm supposed to like, this is the time I'm supposed to make memories. And so I was really uh, like disappointed when nobody wanted to like share that with me. And then like, as I was laying on the paddleboard and like, I was talking to myself out loud about like when I was saying like, okay, one more start. Like I said that to myself out loud because nobody could hear me in the wind was everything. Um, was covering everything. So I was like, it felt like I was having a moment with myself where I was like having the the, the experience of a shared experience where like you're with somebody and you recognize, like you both recognize this is so cool. Mm. And I felt like I really had that with myself. And that was really cool because I I felt like I, um, I can validate myself <laughs> you know like I can I can I don't need the the you don't need the, the validation of somebody yeah. else I don't need somebody else to recognize that something is is really special mm-hmm. for for me to recognize that it's really special um so that was really important um because I was like my, I'm, I can make these these memories and 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 value these experiences with myself um and then the other thing was just the overwhelming crazy beauty of nature that we just don't see all the time like I don't see in my life all the time I spend a lot of my my time indoors or just seeing like the same bits of nature every day and I don't recognize like how beautiful it is and even like on this bay I had been living there and the day-to-day stuff like it's beautiful it's gorgeous but I kind of had lost like the the, the specialness of it, seeing it every single day and just seeing it from a different perspective, just like at night in a place that I'm not usually, um, it, it was, it's nature is amazing. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that it's, it's kind of on us if we don't see that, you know? Mm-hmm. So like I, that stuck with me cause now I feel like I want to, um, see nature, uh, like take my responsibility in, um, figuring out how to see the beauty of nature. Man, that's awesome. Um, Dylan, so uh, the next little segment, of course, we're going to have our poetry reading with some, mm-hmm. some music behind it. Um, as we're getting ready to to find a poem, to search one out that, that kind of lines up with some of those themes, uh, what are you going to be looking for in, uh, in our search for a poem and thinking about the, the music that you're going to oh, supply gosh. as well? <clears throat> Music's going to be twinkly. Twinkly? For sure. Yeah. Right. Um, Love that twinkle. Yes. And for the poem, I don't know. I mean, as soon as you started talking, a very particular poem came to mind. I don't know if I want to say that out loud right now. Do you uh, want me to say well, it? We'll keep the yeah. listeners in suspense. So I already have one poem that, like, screams this story to me, but... Um, yeah, I think the the finding finding solitude thing is a, a great message from this because I don't think I know how to do that yet. Just mm. like enjoy something by myself and not feel the need to tell someone else that I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean Bridget, thank you for telling us, but you know, <laughs> you and sharing with yeah. our tens of thousands of podcast listeners. Yes, um, you're welcome. Like you just told Jerome Bettis your story, and that's insane. <laughs> but I don't know who that is. He's the, is he a sports person? Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> running back. <laughs> he's he's a big sportsman, um, <laughs> Mr. Famous Sports Guy. But um, yeah, I think that um, that is a message for our generation that we need to hear so cool probably gonna be looking for that 
All right. Well, uh, Bridget, thanks for for joining us on this here pod tune cast. Uh, it's been a Thank good time. Thank you for having me. Yeah. All right. Of course. Farewell. Cool. Thank you. No, thank you. Today's episode brought to you by the little squiggly character on the keyboard who's tired of never getting pushed. You know, sometimes you need to use a dash, but it's just not spicy enough. And this little character wants you to remember to push him. Brought to you by the little thingy on your keyboard that you don't use. And by Millennials. They're not getting married, so they're funding our podcasts. At least they're doing something with their life. Because I tell you, when I was growing up, it wasn't so easy. You know, I had to have a job, and, and I, I, didn't, I didn't get to go to school. And then I got another job, and now I, I'm, I'm paying for my son's, it's my son's school. And millennials. Upon further review, we have selected a poem that touches on the themes of solitude at night while everyone else is asleep and the experiences that come with such a circumstance. Here's Rhapsody on a Windy Night by T.S. Eliot. Twelve o'clock. Along the reaches of the street, held in a lunar synthesis, whispering lunar incantations, Dissolve the floors of memory and all its clear relations, its divisions and precisions. Every street lamp that I pass beats like a fatalistic drum, and through the spaces of the dark midnight shakes the memory as a madman shakes a dead geranium. Half past one. The street lamp sputtered, the street lamp muttered, The street lamp said, regard that woman who hesitates toward you in the light of the door, which opens on her like a grin. You see the border of her dress is torn and stained with sand, and you see the corner of her eye twists like a crooked pin. The memory throws up high and dry a crowd of twisted things. A twisted branch upon the beach, eaten smooth and polished as if the world gave up the secret of its skeleton, stiff and white. Broken spring in a factory yard, rust that clings to the form that the strength has left, hard curled and ready to snap. Half past two, the street lamp said, remark the cat which flattens itself in the gutter, slips out its tongue and devours a morsel of rancid butter. So the hand of a child, automatic, slipped out and pocketed a toy that was running along the quay. I could see nothing behind that child's eye. I have seen eyes in the street, trying to peer through the lighted shutters, and a crab one afternoon in a pool. An old crab with barnacles on his back gripped the end of a stick which I held him. Half past three, the lamp sputtered, the lamp muttered in the dark. The lamp hummed, regard the moon, la lune nagard akun rankun. She winks a feeble eye, she smiles into corners, she smooths the hair of the grass. The moon has lost her memory. A washed out smallpox cracks her face, her hands twist a paper rose that smells of dust and old cologne. She is alone, with all the old nocturnal smells that cross and cross across her brain. The reminiscence comes of sunless, dry geraniums and dust in crevices, smells of chestnuts in the streets, and female smells in shuttered rooms, and cigarettes in corridors, and cocktail smells in bars. The lamp said, four o'clock, 
Here is the number on the door. Memory. You have the key. The little lamp spreads a ring on the stair. Mount. The bed is open. The toothbrush hangs on the wall. Put your shoes at the door. Sleep. Prepare for life. The last twist of the knife. Farewell, friends. Thanks for listening, and come back next time for episode four. <laughs>